Welcome to Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge with your host, Carol McClelland-Fields. Within each show, Carol and her guests explore topics that give coaches, healers, and other change catalysts new concepts, tools, and insights that open up opportunities to flourish personally, professionally, and financially. And now, your host, Carol McClelland Fields. Welcome, this is Carol McClellan Fields, your host. Every client you work with is in the process of making one or more changes in their personal and professional lives. They may be navigating significant transitions that are happening to them, or they could be choosing to enhance their life in some way. No matter what kind of change they're going through, it has the potential to completely transform their lives. And as a change catalyst who helps people navigate such changes, you have the opportunity to support them in making the most of this time of change. In effect, you have a very unique role in their journey. It's likely no one else in their lives is honoring them for what they feel very deeply. So by tapping into a way of seeing change as natural, your clients have the potential to have profound insights and experiences that deepen their trust in themselves, in their transition journey, and in you. In the last few weeks, I have been recording a series called Transitions and Change. And in those episodes, I've talked about the nature of change and how it has changed in the last few decades that I've been tracking our culture's response to change. Some really dramatic shifts have happened. And that impacts us as professionals because it's our job to support people going through these changes. So what has changed and how does that impact us as professionals? The second episode that I did, part two, was all about the seasons of change. And in that episode, I talked about my own journey of deep transition and how that experience really became the seed of this natural approach to transitions I call the seasons of change. So both of those episodes are linked on the page where you're listening to this show, and I highly recommend that you take some time, give yourself this gift to listen to all three of these shows. You don't need to listen to them in order. You will catch on. Each show offers something new and something different about this topic of transitions and change that are really quite relevant to our times right now. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about several nuances of change, the power of using metaphors, how having a map of your journey really supports the journey itself, and then also being aware of common detours that are rooted in our culture's approach to change, which really isn't very conscious. And as a result, these detours tend to derail our journey. They don't help us, they derail us. They take us away from the path that we're wanting to go on. They do not soothe or ease our journey at all. They make it much more difficult. So let's start with that first topic, which is the power of metaphor. 
as I was going through my own journey with the grief of my father's death, I naturally turned to nature for support. I saw a tree that had been bare when my father died in December. Several months later, it started to blossom, and that gave me the notion that I could blossom again someday, too. And that was a very powerful moment for me. I was at a stoplight. I remember exactly where I was. It's still ingrained in me. But what that did is it gave me hope. It gave me hope that I didn't always have to be that barren tree. I didn't always have to be in this real deep, dark place. That something was going to birth. Something was going to blossom for me in my life. And that became a touchstone for me for several years as I made my way through the journey very consciously. The other thing I discovered fairly soon after that, as I was watching nature change, that nature changes every single day. It does not stop changing. In watching nature's response to the changing seasons, I realized that there was a way to move through change quite gracefully and quite effectively, incrementally, one little tiny bit at a time, which was inspiring to me and it brought me hope because the way I was making a change was this very dramatic, very big death in my family that tipped everything upside down. And so the notion that I could make changes incrementally was a huge, huge gift for me. And so I kept watching nature. I kept looking for those metaphors Metaphors that I could use to then understand my own journey. How could I navigate winter? What do animals do in winter? Well, they hibernate. Hibernating sounded like a good idea. Sometimes they migrate. Sometimes they camouflage themselves. There are all sorts of ways that nature moves through each season. And it's a very rich, multifaceted metaphor that changes by your location on the planet. It changes by your personal experience of how you experience nature and the, and the weather. So there's a lot of variability, but there are also some truths. And those truths actually provide us with the gift of seeing how we can navigate those periods in our lives that are full of change. If you use the seasons of change as a framework for your own work, and I'll be talking about some ways you could do that, your clients are actually able to grasp and apply the metaphors quite naturally, quite easily. Not only do they have their own personal experiences of the seasons from wherever they've lived in the world, but they are also able to tap into whatever they've learned in school or through reading or through movies or through nature shows about how nature responds to the change of seasons. Rather than having a conceptual-based model with keywords that the client really has no prior experience with, with the metaphors, they do have this prior experience. And as a result, they can extrapolate and they can apply those metaphors to their own experiences with great ease. Not everybody is a metaphor reader, but they can get there. 
with some support and some examples. The other thing I love about this, and I mentioned this just a minute ago, is that the metaphors that are available through nature are endless. In my books, I talk about a number of the metaphors. In my Seasons of Change training for Change Catalyst, we talk quite a bit about the relevant metaphors for each phase of the seasons. And what I discovered is that the elements of nature speak to different parts of our lives. Trees, for example, always give me insights about the person and their situation. What is their own personal self-image? One of the metaphors within trees is when trees lose their leaves, it's like a person in transition releasing the beliefs that they've held about themselves and their situation. And so that process of the leaves turning colors, the beliefs change, the leaves falling to the ground, the leaves falling to the ground, the barren phase, the phase where the leaves are just starting to poke out in a new form, and the beliefs just starting to come into new place. It's very nuanced, but at the same time, it's very accessible. The plants correspond to an idea. So how do we work with our own ideas? The plants start with a seed that sprouts when the conditions are ripe for growth. So what are the conditions that your client needs in order to sprout a new idea? What does that mean to them? And animals relate to our actions. An example, not the only one for sure, but an example is geese migrate. So sometimes when the conditions are unfriendly or toxic or intense, a client may find value in migrating away from the scene of the transition for a short time or even a longer time. So those are just three examples of the categories of metaphor that are embedded within the seasons of change. In the Nature's Wisdom deck, uh, one of my books, uh, there's a deck of cards where each card represents a different metaphor. And I have cards for the trees, plants, and animals, but I've also created cards for weather, which reflect the emotional responses we have to change, to light, which relates to our degree of clarity about the decisions that we need to make as we move through these transitions, and the seasons themselves, which reflect the various phases and qualities of those transitions. Uh, in the end of this episode, I'll tell you how to gain access to the Nature's Wisdom deck, if that's of interest to you. There are several ways you can work with metaphors with your clients, either individually or in a group. One of the things you can do is share a metaphor to help your clients see where they are in their journey. One of my favorites to talk about the journey that people go through when they're moving from winter into spring. And the question I ask is, would you wake a hibernating bear? And in many of my audiences, at least some portion of the audience will laugh at that question because we all know from very early on that, no, you wouldn't wake a hibernating bear. That would not be a good idea. And yet, in our own lives, we try to push ourselves out of hibernation all the time. We believe we're supposed to be in action. And so anytime we're hibernating, 
we're going within, we're retreating, we're nestling in for safety, our cultural message is get the heck out there. Don't be hibernating. That is a dumb thing to do. And yet nature finds value in hibernating. Certain animals use this strategy as a way to move through winter. So if your client is in a hibernating space and they're pushing themselves to get out of it, this hibernating bear metaphor of would you wake a hibernating bear can be really instrumental in them seeing what they're doing and to serve as an inspiration to them. They might want to have a picture of a bear or a hibernating bear with them in in their journal or on their wall so that they remember that it's okay to hibernate, that it's okay to take that time for themselves to go within. You can also ask your client to look for and then share a metaphor they see in their surroundings that expresses what they're feeling. This can open up a very rich conversation of discovery, even if you're working virtually, which is very important for those of us who work virtually. How do you bring nature in when they're not where you are? So you ask them, what signs of spring do you see? Or what do you see around you that relates to how you're feeling right now? So a few examples that I've run across. Years ago, I did a retreat in a local neighborhood near my office, and we went for a quiet walk. It was early February. February in California, where I lived, was the beginnings of spring and some leftover signs of winter. And as we walked, I'd say three quarters of the group saw and focused on the signs of spring. And there was another one or two people who did not see any of the signs of spring. They just saw the signs of winter. So that told me that people generally see the metaphors that match where they are. But in that particular day, it was just amazing how the woman who was in deep winter, that is all she could see. Another example, I did another retreat and we did the same kind of walk and this time it was a more natural setting and we all walked on the same path and so we all saw the same things and when we got back and we talked about it, everybody had seen flowers in the path except one person saw no flowers at all. Again, here's an example of we see what matches where we are. You can also use metaphor as a collaborative project to work together with your client to surface a metaphor for them to keep in mind between sessions. So as a support, as a guide, as a reminder. You could start this with the question, what do you see around you? Or you could start this, well, let's think about where you are and what spring metaphor or what winter metaphor really feels good to you right now. You can also use the Nature's Wisdom deck as this spark, knowing where your client is and then giving them or co-creating a visual reminder of a relevant metaphor can keep them in touch with that energy of the metaphor in between sessions. And it can be anything. Possibilities are totally endless. For some people, it might be a rose opening that inspires them and allows them to keep in that blossoming energy. It could be a bird soaring through the air and that brings up feelings of freedom and letting go of some of the things holding them down. Could be a squirrel hibernating. It could be an egg opening. Again, the possibilities are endless. 
So supporting your client and finding that metaphor that will be most powerful and resonant for them in that moment is a powerful, useful exercise. Now you can offer a couple of suggestions or you can and you can defer to what comes up for them in that in the conversations that you have. Metaphors tend to have sticking power. So even though a client might forget the conceptual model, they will definitely remember the metaphors. I've had people come back to me two, three, four, five years after I've talked to them as a client, and they still are holding that metaphor as a meaningful talisman or a meaningful gift of insight. I had one friend who was in a very, very deep, dark winter and had been most of her life. She had a very difficult life. And her first sign of spring was ice melting. Whenever something happened, whenever there was a positive experience or a positive sign, she would say, the ice melted a little more today. And that gave her hope. It gave her hope that at some point the ice would fully melt and that she would be fully out of winter and into her spring in a very conscious way. So you never know what the metaphor is going to be. Stay open, stay aware, stay curious and see what comes up for people. The second nuance I wanted to share with you today is that having a map of the transition journey is a profound addition to the conversation. So imagine for a moment that you are on a road trip and you have no idea where you are. If you're working with clients who are in their winter phase, that's really where they are right then. They don't really know what's going on. They don't know where they're to go next. If you're on your road trip, you have no idea where you are. How do you make sense of how you got to that place? How do you make decisions about what to do next? How do you make sense of your inner inclinations to move in this direction or move in that direction? How do you figure out what's logical if you don't know where you are? Now, if you are near a computer, you could go to my website, flourishasachangecatalyst.com forward slash radio, or you can do this after the show. And in the description for part two of this series, which is episode 18, you'll find a diagram of the Seasons of Change map. And it's a spiral that resembles loosely the shape of a number six. And when you see that diagram, it gives you and your client a visual map of this transition journey that they're on. And we all know that a picture is worth a thousand words. And this is certainly true for your clients who are feeling lost. Often with just a very brief conversation about the map and the basics of the map, it will give your client the information they need to begin to see where they are. And when they can see for themselves where they are in the map, they start to have insights. So in my experience, and I've been using this for several decades, my experience talking about the map, bringing the map into a session is a very grounding, confirming, and reassuring experience for clients. It gives them something that makes sense. I've had clients literally breathe a sigh of relief when they can see where they are and gain insights about how they arrived at this place and what they can do next. And it's really the first time often that they are seeing an order to the chaos they've been feeling. 
And when they can see the order, then various pieces of their puzzle start to unfurl for them. Now, the other important thing that this map does is it gives you a visual representation of their journey. And you can both see and you can both come to an agreement about where they are on their journey. And you can refer back to this map as they move forward or move back or however they move. You can talk about where they are on their map and then the corresponding uh, details about the current season milestone that they're working toward or how to pivot into the next season will bring them more insight, clarity, perspective, and hope. So it becomes a tool to support the conversations that you're having. As they know where they are, they will be much more receptive to working together to find and identify their next steps. Now, the third piece I want to talk about briefly is the power of the cultural messages and myths associated with change. Most often, because our culture is fairly unconscious about change, they resist, they push away, they avoid change. These cultural messages and myths are not our friend. <laughs> they really take our clients off course. They create extra delays, detours, and dead ends. There is value in having your clients go the direction that they see to go, and I totally respect that. But I also know from working with clients, if you give them a little context, if you give them a little picture of an alternative possibility, they may still be drawn to the detour because they want to get into action or because that's just what makes sense to them in the moment. Having this information can also open up a new path, a new way to move forward that is more resonant and more aligned with their journey, what they are feeling, what they are needing. The cultural messages are very heavy. They are very deeply rooted in what we think is normal. And really, that is not necessarily normal. Who's to say what normal is? Normal to me is what nature does. That's my definition of normal. Let's talk about these detours just a little bit. I did talk a bit about our culture's way of navigating change in part one of the series called Nature of Change. So take a look at that uh, for a little bit more background information. The basic message of most of these detours is that our culture has the tendency to want to keep us in action. They don't want us to slow down. They don't want us to go in. They want us to keep in action and be out there. During certain phases of our journey, that's appropriate information. That's an appropriate source of guidance. But when you are deepening your journey, when you are in the latter parts of fall and into winter and the very earliest parts of spring, being out there is really not where we want to go. Intuitively, people want to pull in. You'll hear them talk about, well, I don't really feel like being with people right now. I want to be by myself. I, I'm enjoying the quiet. And so they are intuitively feeling that pulling in that's feeling safe to them, that's feeling nurturing to them. And sure, if that goes overboard and becomes clinical depression, then we have a different conversation. But for 
people going through a natural transition, there is a period where complete action is not appropriate, is not the best, most productive path forward. So when you understand how detrimental these messages are and how derailing they could be, you will learn to spot when your clients are holding on to a cultural norm that is not aligned with even their own thoughts, but it's so embedded that they think that they have to follow it. So this opens up a deeper conversation about their beliefs about change and also looking for alternative options that can really open them up to great healing. When you're aware of the detours, it gives you the ability to share this knowledge with your clients when appropriate, as they may be battling between what their family wants them to do, what their culture wants them to do, and their spouse, and also what their intuition and body are saying. And often they just need some permission, some permission to follow what's true for them and to let go of these messages that are not supporting them. It allows them to come home to themselves and that increases their trust in themselves and gives them new skills and new tools that will be helpful as they continue their transition. And it also brings them into this natural approach to change. Now, when you tie all this together and you bring a few questions and a few metaphors and a few activities, and you understand the detours that can derail your clients, you can help your clients find this more natural aligned way to move forward. Now, there is no force here. There's no push. You're not demanding your client do this. You're opening up. You're uncovering the differences that you've learned, that you've seen, that you've experienced, and you're showing them that there is another path possible, a path that is most often not discussed. This way of talking and this way of exploring their next steps really opens up the possibility of new paths that they aren't aware of yet. By nurturing a relationship with this natural model of transition, for yourselves in your own transitions, it also makes you more attuned to how your clients can move through an emotionally intense times while avoiding difficult detours and delays, reconnecting with their joy and their own personal style, and using their transitions to create more of what they want in their lives. The conversations that come from grounding your relationship with your client through this natural approach to transition really deepens the conversations, deepens the insights, and provides your clients with the skills and the perspectives and the hope that they can move forward with their lives to create more of what they want. If you are intrigued by all that I've talked about today and in the previous two parts to this Transitions and Change series, I encourage you to visit my website, flourish as a change catalyst.com forward slash radio. There you will find all three parts to this series. Part one about the nature of change, part two, the seasons of change, and part three, the nuances of change. You will also find references to the model. The map is on part two and the links to my books, links to learn more about the training that I do a couple of times a year on the seasons of change.
if you're the least bit intrigued, I invite you to just take it another step. See what else you can learn. There's so much I haven't had time to say in these three 25-minute shows, but there's a lot of depth and nuance to this work. I hope that you have gained a deeper insights about how change works and how the Seasons of Change provides a rich, nuanced approach to change in your own life and in your clients' lives. And again, to explore the resources that I've shared and the links to the previous episodes, please visit my site, flourishasachangecatalyst.com forward slash radio. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more ways you can flourish as a change catalyst at the growing edge. You've been listening to Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge on InspiredNewsRadio.com with Carol McClelland Fields. Tune in regularly to hear more ways you can flourish as a change catalyst.